Welcome to Didache, where we are studying to show ourselves approved, rightly dividing the word of truth so we can worship God in spirit and truth, deepening our knowledge of God, thereby enabling us to deepen our love for God. Here is your host, Justin Peters. Welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that this finds you and your family doing well. And I want to thank you for joining me for today's installment of the program. I hope that you heard yesterday's program. If by some chance you did not, I am interviewing Kosti Hinn, H-I-N-N. Yes, as in that hen. Uh, uh, Kosti called me uh, December 30th of last year, 2016, so just a little over a month ago as of this recording, and left me a voicemail and uh, just could not believe what I was hearing. I uh, We made contact with one another just a couple of days later and spent a couple of hours on the phone together, and we've spoken on the phone a number of times since then, and I've just, uh, I can't tell you what a blessing it is for me to get to know Costi and to hear about his testimony which he is now sharing with you. I asked him if he would be willing to be interviewed for my radio program and share with you the things that he has already shared with me. And he began that yesterday telling us some about his um, how it was growing up. And, and uh, Costi, where you left off yesterday, you were at DBU and very much wanting to be a uh, baseball player. And uh, at this time, you are already working for your uncle, Benny, and uh, driving a Hummer, an H2. And I was struck by what you said about how uh, you you heard one of your coaches talking about God's sovereignty. This was a, a Christian man, apparently a, a real Christian man. He was talking about God's sovereignty, and um, you, you're sentiment was well how do i get on the good good side of god's sovereignty so god was god was not the end he was a means to an end and the the end in the prosperity gospel is not god it's health and wealth and god is basically um just a a conduit to to give you those things and so um that's roughly where we left off yesterday kasi so pick back up there for us brother and uh Continue to tell us about God's working in your life. Absolutely, thanks, Justin. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm trying to be some big baseball player and not very good, but I'm at a good school. And of course, like you said, my coach is telling us about God's sovereignty. And I had already worked for Uncle Benny. I was driving my Hummer, and uh, I was thinking I'm getting set for the big time, and God's going to do it all for me. Of course, because I have faith that he will. And um, so I'd grown up a lot during my college, and those seeds were planted like we talked about. And uh, I graduate, definitely did not I'd go on to play professional baseball. I was just thankful to have played for a great program and been a part of Dallas Baptist University and the baseball team there. And so I begin to feel a compulsion to go into ministry. And oddly enough, my family starts calling me a Baptist. And the joke in my family with my dad and my mom and even my uncle and others uh, was, you know, Costi went to Dallas Baptist, so he doesn't speak in tongues anymore, <laughs> and he doesn't believe in the gifts, and they would tease me. And I, I used to tell them, listen, I believe in all that stuff, but it has to match the Bible. 
So my tune had changed from, of course, when I was young, and I wholeheartedly supported whatever we did, to, listen, technically I'm a charismatic, I'm open to all this stuff, but I'm, it's not even a real term, but let's just say I'm, I'm a biblicist, I'm not a cessationist, I'm not a continuist at that point, I'm just a, I just, if, if it's in the Bible, let's do that, so stop talking in tongues, unless you can interpret, stop doing you know, healing services, unless it's instant healing, and then stop teaching things that aren't in the Bible. And then, in a way, I'm kind of expressing myself to my dad and my family in a very, you know, can't we all just get along kind of way and do ministry together, but maybe not do all the weird stuff. So people would actually want to come to our church now, uh, because the church had dwindled down, and it was just, it was bad press, to be a hen at that point. My dad was traveling the world, and my uncle was. They were very famous. But around about what year this was this? Time, this is this is around. We're looking at about 2009, 2010. So, okay, okay. You know, Uncle Benny's not packing the stadiums as much at that point in America, still right. worldwide. Right. And but the momentum is lost. While I'm in college. Um, you know, Dateline, NBC is coming out with things. There's programs out like the Fifth Estate. You know, CBC up in Canada did that. Did you? And so people are starting. I, we to hadn't even. Aware. D- don't mean to interrupt you, Cassie. Uh, we hadn't even talked about this. Did, uh, at least I don't think we had. Did, did you know I was interviewed for that Fifth Estate? No, that's really funny. I yeah. did not know that. Uh, if you go back and watch it, the Fifth Estate. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm one of the guys they they interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh my goodness. Yep. I went yeah, to. So you're, uh, yeah. You're responsible then for for us taking a little hit back then because well. <laughs> things were things declined a little bit, and uh, maybe it wasn't as much of the economy as it was of you coming out with your material. I don't know. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> you just just you saying that it jogged my memory, and and uh, but uh, yeah. So anyway, I mean that was before even I had come to a. a, a true understanding of the gospel and place of genuine faith and repentance. I was, I was back in the, who, uh, I don't know, 2004, I think it was, but anyway, I digress. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It just jogged my memory. No, that's okay. Don't be sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in college during those years anyway. So that 2004, 2005, um, into that 08, 09, that span of years, obviously a lot of this stuff is in decline and, people in America are starting to get fed up. Um, you know, they, they, people had just had enough. And so in light of that, I wanted to go into ministry at my dad's church up in Canada. So I went on as his youth pastor and slash associate pastor. And I'd already, I tried my hand in business. You know, I tried to get wealthy. I tried to do all sorts of things that I thought, you know, I would do. And, God just funneled me in, obviously, providentially, in his sovereignty, to ministry, as odd as it sounds. He funnels me in, his plan unfolding in my life, as I enter supposed ministry with my dad, and I had met this wonderful, beautiful girl in California when I was uh, living out here, and our family had multiple homes, and so naturally, like the prosperity gospel, uh, we had multiple homes. And so a beautiful home on the beach here in uh, San Juan Capistrano, Dana Point area, and then our house in Canada. Yeah. I met just the most beautiful girl. My world was changed forever. I wanted to marry her. 
and she was a new convert and uh, was graduating from Azusa Pacific University. She was in the nursing program there, and I just thought, this is it. She's the most meek and wonderful and, and God-fearing young woman. She's a new convert, like I said, but just very, very conservative, hungry for the Word and to know more about God, and uh, just a, a moral, wonderful woman. So I bring her home to meet my parents after keeping her a bit of a secret for a long time, and here's the reason why. I wanted to be in ministry. I've met this gal, but you probably know where I'm going to go with this. My parents had one question. Does she speak Does in she tongues? Does she speak in tongues? I was about to say is that. Is she yep. spirit-filled? Is she spirit-filled? Right. And so right. I'm dating her secretly, loathing the day that I have to introduce her to my parents, but knowing that I can't go into ministry, I can't keep moving forward with her in relationship, I can't do this properly at all unless I just kind of blow the roof off this thing and see what happens. So, you know, I bring her home, and just like I predicted, I had, you know, some of my, I won't name them all, just some of my family members saying, you know, God spoke to them. They don't feel she's my wife. Um, because you know, she doesn't speak in tongues. Yeah, or for other mystical reasons, because right. they hear from God and he, he reveals our life plans. And, um, you know, they just didn't think that she's my wife. And then, of course, my parents, their view is going to be, she's not spirit-filled, doesn't speak in tongues, is she even saved? And I'm going to my Bible at this point, because there's no greater motivation uh, for, for evangelism and for biblical passion than a young Christian man saying, my parents are saying I can't marry her. They're using scriptures that I know aren't proper. I'm going to study this thing and prove them wrong, and I'm going to marry this girl. Love is a very <laughs> big driver. Yeah. So I'm just I'm head over heels. I want to marry her. Nothing's going to stop me. And so I go to the Word. And she was actually just edited to me one time when we were at a service, and bless her heart, Justin, she tried so hard to speak in tongues, brother. I'll tell you. She did the just... You know, do what's on the tip of your tongue or lift your hands and just say, just begin to exercise your faith. And I remember looking at her and my heart was, was soft, but also breaking because I saw her trying. So I felt, you know, oh, wow, she's so wonderful trying to do this. Maybe it's real. I don't know. And at the same time, I thought, this is wrong. Hmm. Something is off here. Yeah. This can't be normal. And so it was her, after trying to speak in tongues and trying to impress my family and please them, of course, in her mind, you got to remember, we're the hens, and so she's just scared to death of offending my parents, not being able to marry me if she doesn't do something that they think she should. Um, those are all fears in her mind, and so she tries. She even fell one time. Bless her. She'll get mad at me for telling you this. I got to, though. We, we joke about it all the time. I don't mean she'll really be mad. But... She fell, she tried to fall, and she did. She put her little hands up, and they. my dad laid hands on her, and Uncle Benny prayed for her one time. Those were the two times she fell, and her, you know, her, we're young, right? So she, she was in her 20s. She wearing her cute little heels and her little church clothes, and she just tits back like a, like a stiff tree, uh -huh. and the usher catches her. And that was, I mean, she tried so hard. Yeah. And finally, one day, I said, what did you feel? She goes, nothing, I pressure to fall? I don't know. Wow. And I, 
I was get, the Lord was using her to give me a real live look at not what an unregenerate person is experiencing or thinking, but what a true spirit-filled person is thinking, that this isn't biblical. This is man-made. This is a show. This is just about them and their power. I really do love Christ. I really am his child. And this stuff that they're pulling isn't working on me. And so I, the Lord used her to really open my eyes in that way. And then one day she said something. She said, Cost, why do I have to speak in tongues? Doesn't the Bible say at the end of 1 Corinthians 12 there, I think it's Paul. You can imagine her a new convert. Yeah. I think it's Paul. And doesn't he say that not all do that? So does that mean I'm saved and I don't really have to do all that to prove it? <laughs> and it was game over. Game over, Justin. Wow. Um, I told my family point blank that I've had enough. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to do ministry with them. At the same time, providentially, the church that we're at now and on staff with needed a part-time youth pastor back then. This is 2012. And so they had called right around the same time and said, hey, would you be willing to come and take a position with us here in California? Um, you know, it, it doesn't pay much, but maybe you'd want to, you know, when you marry your wife there, start out with us. And I took it right away and jumped on it. So I left my family, joined the church here as a part-time youth pastor, and married this gal that didn't speak in tongues, but she loved the Word of God. And off we went into ministry, and uh, here we are. So. Wow. Wow. So, okay, so you... But you went, you became the associate pastor of, of this little church. And I'll pardon if people hear a little beeping. Somebody else is trying to call me right now, but they can wait. Uh, so you, you became this, the youth minister at this church. But, um, and your wife is a new believer, a new, new convert. Uh, tell us about what happened at, uh, you were asked to preach, correct? Out of John chapter five. Yes. So okay. we're there and, our our pastor, he's a he's a wonderful man. He's a he's a man of God in every sense of the phrase. Um, he's got really good theological roots. Um, his dad and his granddaddy went to T DTS in Dallas. Um, you know, books line his shelves. He's a he's a man of study and a man of the word. And so, you know, he says to me, "Hey, I'd like to have you preach." And we're in the series. We're in a series on John. So your text is John five, and I don't know if it was by design. To this day, he, he says no. I know it was designed by God that providentially this would happen. But uh, our church started to grow from more of a church plant that's uh, got an attractional model. You know how you know, some of these younger churches. We were one of those, uh, very youthful, just trying to grow. We didn't really care how. Uh -huh. Well, we started to grow up out of that and moved to expository preaching, and it was a preach-the-word mentality. So he says, you're preaching the word, I want to hear you preach, and, you know, here, this might help with your study. And he, it was a literal throw. He tosses this book <laughs> about a foot away, uh -huh. and it hits my desk, and it's this burgundy commentary, and... You know, 
I don't know at the time who this John MacArthur guy is, but okay, you don't you you didn't know who he was. Oh no, it, I, I I'm not I'm I'm not going to lie to you. If he would have showed up at my door, I would have you know said I I don't know who you are. I mean, my uncle knew who he was because yeah. I saw all the videos on YouTube after right, that right. he wanted to blow his head off with his Holy Ghost machine gun. <laughs> but yeah, at that's the time, a, that's a classic. Cool, a commentary. So, uh, you know, I begin to study, and uh, it wrecked my world, Justin. Mm. Absolutely wrecked my world. Wow. And uh, I got to a part of this page. It's the top of the page. I can still see it in my mind. It's the upper paragraphs of his commentary, and it's the portion on John 5, the healing at Bethesda. And he outlines so clear, you cannot argue with it that the man who's sitting at the pool did not have a clue who Jesus was. He didn't perceive who he was. Right. So MacArthur, in MacArthur-esque fashion, goes on this rant and says, this is the cruelest lie of faith healers today, that if you just have enough faith, just believe, God will heal you. This proves that Christ heals sovereignly. He had mercy and compassion on the man, but it didn't mean he loved him any more or less than the others who were sick there. And Man, I just put my head down. I could not believe it. Wow. I could not even see straight because the tears begin to flow. Wow. And thought, how in the world am I supposed to preach this? I just learned, and my whole world was turned upside down. And um, that was it. I, that moment, I said, God heals in a sovereign way. That's the thing that my coach used to tell me. God is sovereign. He can't be controlled. You can't build a formula. You can't play enough music. You can't have enough healing lines. He does it the way that he wills and the way that he pleases, and he will work it out for his good pleasure. Whether you get healed or not, guess who's in control? Yeah. God is. Right. And, man, that, that was just the beginning. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. It, it's, uh, you know, Costa, uh, you and I have talked before. In fact, I think the first conversation we had, we we're talking about how when someone gets saved, that is not a, a, a goat turning into a sheep. You know, goats no. don't turn into sheep. Sheep don't turn into goats. When someone gets saved, that is a sheep hearing and responding to the call of the shepherd. And uh, there is a sense in which even for the sheep, or, or for the sheep, exclusively for the sheep, uh, there's a sense in which even though you're a sheep, uh, before you're, you come to that point of conversion, uh, you're out there, you're a sheep, you're out there grazing around, and every once in a while you hear a faint call, and you perk your head up, and you look around, but then you go back to grazing. You know, it, That's right. And then at some point later, you know, this happened, this could happen for years. Uh, but at some point, that Galatians one sixteen moment comes when it pleases God to reveal Christ to us. And then we really hear the the voice of the shepherd in an effectual call, and the sheep go to the shepherd. That is what conversion is. And so that is why with you and with myself, and I, I, so much of your testimony... Uh, I, I resonate with because it before I came to a true point of, of genuine conversion, uh, the truth at some level, you know, it resonated with me. I had pocket the best way 
I know to describe. I had pockets of truth, but I just could not connect the dots and and uh, yeah. converge. Totally. Yeah, so that makes sense, huh? Absolutely. I would yeah. say that that just nails it. When we had talked about that, I told you that was one of the best quantifications of my my conversion that I'd ever heard, and uh, I think you nailed it. Right. Right. Wow. Now, uh, we'll see how we do on time here. Uh, okay, so the, the John MacArthur commentary totally revolutionized how you viewed um, healing as it relates to God's sovereignty. It's when you came to a, a much better understanding of, of God's sovereignty. But then there was something uh, at a Lifeway store, right? Yeah, so this is where it gets fun. And just okay. cut me off if I'll we try to end uh, for today's program. I'll tell you what. Let's. But, I don't want to. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to. I'm looking at the time. I don't want to break this up because this is. Okay. We we've we've been in the good part, but now we're about to get to the really good part, and so I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to break that up. So we will hold that over to the next program. And um, but it, yeah, Cassie, it just it so is. It is. I, I just marvel at the sovereignty of God and and. Um, that's that's what Jesus meant when he said, "My sheep know my voice." That's right. That is not as most people take it. That's not a verse that talks about some daily direction that God gives us for our lives that we know you know know what car to buy and what job to take and right. where to go eat lunch, what restaurant. You know that that's not what that's talking about. That's that's a that's a salvific passage. And, it uh, is. Yeah. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, brother. Well. Well, dear friends, I, I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. I know it is to me. Hearing this for the for the second time here with Costi and Son, just encouraging me all over again. So look forward to our next programs together, and uh, we will pick up tomorrow, Lord willing, where we left off. Costi will continue to uh, share with us his testimony, how the Lord brought him to genuine faith and repentance. All right, dear friends, thank you very much for joining me. Until our next time together, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you for listening to Didache. We hope that you were encouraged and edified by what you just heard. If you have a question or comment for Justin, or interested in more teaching resources, or would like to have him come and preach at your church or conference, you may contact him at justinpeters.org.